Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Window seat recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Broadcast on full service radio and presented by the Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy. Yeah. I'm your host, Chris Price. I'm your other host, Omari Francis. And we have with us today Mr. Jack Ensley. What's going on, Jack? Hey, I'm back. It's been a while, Jack. Let yeah. me tell you something. Your intro, that's as smooth as it's ever been. Jack says I'm that every drinking. every two months. Well, maybe it keeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for and that. And what the listeners didn't see was y'all getting confused because there's a dangling cable thinking someone's mic wasn't plugged in. Yeah. So you're doing the intro while you're all up in the seats and everything. I was impressed. And yeah, we got muscles, man. Yeah, we're working <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm really honored and happy about today's guest. But quickly, um, Amari and I, we read, listen to podcasts, music all the time. And uh, we wanted a space to like talk about some of the stuff that we listen and watch and find pretty good. So we introduced a segment a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what are you consuming? Yeah, sometimes we start talking about shit and we realize people may not know what we're talking about. So, yeah. so what are you consuming this week? Uh, I'm consuming... Um, I forget. The, I always forget the name of the show. Yeah, just that fast. Um, what am I consuming? Oh, uh, Godfather of Harlem. I'm conf- consuming Godfather of Harlem. Uh, I, I've been hearing about it, but you know, I try to budget, manage my money, and it's an app that I got to download to watch it. And I don't want to pay the six ninety nine a month, so I waited till the season was over, my man. so I could get this free seven days. So I'm gonna binge it real quick and then cancel it before my seven That's days. That's what I'm is talking up. about. Yeah, so Godfather of Harlem. Me. What have I been consuming? Um, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the show I haven't been working for some time. And um, intentionally I stopped working because it felt like a little bit of a, a rat race, right? You go to work and you make just enough money to get by, not really travel or save anything. So I sat down and I've been going through these online IT courses at a cloud guru. I feel like I just gave them. Uh, free money, but it, it, it's really what I'm going through right now. We, we'll call them afterwards and see if they got a check. <laughs> um, just trying to like build myself up so I can work from home, one, and then make good money doing it because what was it? Four hour work week. Mm-hmm. We read four hour work week, and um, one of the things he talked about was like being at work and like bullshitting, just wasting time doing nothing. And I did like, I went over it in my head and I was like, yo, in the past 10 years, most of my work days have been about. 45 minutes to an hour and 30 minutes. The rest of the time, I'm sitting there trying not to offend nobody while looking at Netflix. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I need better. I need a little bit more for my life. So that's what I'm consuming, a cloud guru. A cloud guru. So, yeah, if I'm if you're trying to get a... Uh, I'm trying to muscle up once again, yeah. That's for IT, right? Yeah, yeah. Good money, too. Good money. Um, you want to do the introduction today? Nah, man, you got this. <laughs> got this brother so like one of the really cool things about being at full service radio is like we meet so many inspirational people 
DC is a small town, big city at the same time. Mm-hmm. You could pull up to an event and see the same 30, 40 people at every event that you feel like going to. Mm-hmm. They there. You also uh, know who working because they at every event. Yeah, yeah. It it just it just has a feel that's unique into itself. Um, one of the people I was lucky enough to meet in the city um, opened up a retail space uh, in a coffee shop in Southwest, where he's from. I think ger- third generation I read. Um, also in that same article, I believe they called you a gentle giant, which I felt like was fitting because you got a you got a calming presence. Thank you. And I and I could see. Uh, I can see that beard doing something to people's imagination. Big black man with a beard, right? You know what I mean? Like, people tend to feel some type of way. Um, but you have a, a, a long history in D.C. as well. I saw that you were a general manager, I think, at Major. Um, you had some ties to Durkle. And if it sounds like I'm speaking a, a different language a little bit, uh, it's because it is. D.C. is very unique. We support our own brands in, in a strong way. So... You got Durkle, Madness, Makunu, Aja Amani, all these brands. Shooters. Yeah, they they came up in Washington, D.C., and they provided a living for somebody creating these brands in the city alone. We didn't need anyone else, so that's one of the things we do really well here. Um, But back to the introduction. (laughs) Durkle, (laughs) uh, founder, partner, and if I misspeak, let me know, at uh, Maketo. And then now um, you have your spot in Southwest called Somewhere. The name of the spot is somewhere. I got to say that again because I've been in conversation with people and I'm like, yo, I'm going somewhere. They're like, yo, where the hell are you yeah, going? We had that I'm, conversation, yeah. Chris. Oh, I'm it's going. a lot of fun when you go to the bank. You're like, uh, who are you depositing here? Uh, somewhere. They're like, yeah, I know, but like, where's the, the check from? Somewhere? Like, oh, boy. Um, Mr. Dominic Adams. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, I, the first question for me is a really simple one. Um, I feel like I know the answer, but I want to know. Why somewhere for you? What? Why the name somewhere in particular? So somewhere, um, it's a compounded sort of answer. So um, myself and uh, two of my partners, we sort of, you know, once we sort of hatched this idea, so to speak, and said, okay, we got we got to do it. You know, what are we trying to do? And uh, the the basis of it is when we were children. Um, when I say children loosely when we were like teenagers. It counts. There was a um, <laughs> there was this, this sort of mythical store called um, Nowhere that existed uh, in Japan. And so that was founded by Jun Takahashi, who's the lead designer and owner of Undercover, and uh, Nigo, who's the founder of Beta Nape and now Human Made and uh, BBC with Pharrell. Um, and so they opened this this space in uh, what later became the Hajuku district of Tokyo. And it was like this mythical thing because this is like early internet, like internet like 2.0, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we couldn't really get pictures and we kept hearing about this thing and said, oh man, that's, that's dope. And so all the stuff that we got into, um, a lot of those brands were birthed out of that space. And so fast forward to, I don't know, 25 years later, um, my partner, Will Sharp, one of my partners, he has a creative space in Los Angeles called Somewhere Studios. And so we kept trying to figure this thing out. And so, you know, I flew out to L.A. And we're sitting there looking at the wall. And we're like, Somewhere, that's it. It makes perfect sense. And it just sort of stuck from there. So. Somewhere it is. Somewhere it is. Somewhere it is. I, uh, I'm also interested 
in growing up in Southwest, because I, I grew up in PG County, and I felt like it's a very unique place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're building this global brand, but Washington D.C. has its own flavor. So, how would you say the local area influenced you as you build this brand? So, my sort of uh, interest in uh, global and local, from my peers' perspective, like it was almost inverted. So when I was growing up, yeah, everyone, uh, madness, everything, shooters, we are one. Those those things were almost like these like superheroes, so to speak. And they were superheroes because, man, they were doing these amazing things and they were having these lineups and having these events. And they met, they were cultural icons that we could touch and see. And so, you know, I don't know how everybody else's house was going, but my parents were young at the time. So sometimes we had cable, sometimes we didn't, you know. So, you know, kids be talking about this. I'm like, I don't see it. I mean, if it ain't on, you know, Channel 5 or 9, I don't know what they're talking about. So, you know, I can only see, like, what was happening. The barbershop was a big sort of social gathering spot. And so you knew what fashion was cool and what was going on there. So we saw these local sort of giants emerge. And so the biggest thing for me was seeing a brand like DDTP, where people think maybe sort of forgetting the narrative sometimes because, you know, it was a big local thing, but they had footwear from all over the world. And so they had like a New Balance account, an Adidas account, uh, polo boots, this, that, and third. And so everyone was kind of on the local sort of scene, so to speak. When I was growing up, and all I could think in my mind was, well, what's really popping in Vibe or what's that Word Up magazine and things like that? And so, like, my answers were always like, what's happening in New York or Fashion Week? Why is there no one that looks like me in Fashion Week? Like, what's going on? And so I say all those things to say that, um, sort of birthing these things through that. Um, as I got older, I started to appreciate this thing that other cities didn't have, that I was always interested in the global scene. And so it sort of almost inverted itself. So some of my friends didn't even understand that anything outside of those local brands was relevant. I understand. I feel the same way because Go-Go for me, I think I'm thinking about the music. Mm -hmm. It didn't really hit me like it hit my friends. But, you know, you pick and choose spots because Aja Amani definitely did. So, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I kept I kept their clothing on my back. And I was the weird guy that, like, wanted to go see Most Def and not go to, like, the Backyard show. Mm-hmm. And so my friends are like, what are you, we got we to see Backyard. And I'm like, eh, Most Def is performing at the Coffee House. Like, uptown, you kind of want to go? And they're like, no. So, you know, it worked out. So you built a really good resume for yourself, right? Uh, kind of what we went over in the beginning of the show. What did you need to take with you to be the person that's the founder somewhere now? Mm, the biggest thing was... Uh, it's a couple things. So it was humility. Um, I think um, having a straight line on where I wanted to go, um, even when someone else like might have suggested, hey, go this way, this way. This might be easier. This might be digestible. Um, and being okay with knowing you might have to explain things. Um, and so we talked a little bit about appearance, like in that article, you know, talk about the beard, talk about the size and things like that. And that was more of a... Um, I think that does relate back to Southwest because sometimes you'll be rolling around town and someone will be like, where are you from? I'm like, Southwest. And they're like, oh, people live in Southwest? Like, yeah, me. Like, that's what all, <laughs> all these buildings are about, you know. This is where my elementary school is. This is where my junior high school is. You know, and so, like, you kind of get used to, like, kind of defining what you are and where you are. And so I say all those experiences allow me to just, like, get out of my own head because it's like a lot of times people tell you these blueprints and things and, we know, I mean, at least as I get older, I realize, man, all these blueprints, unless you're, like, in a technical field, there's no blueprint to do anything. 
you just got to, like, work a little hard at it and, you know, get a little luck. But also that consistency is everything. So, Did you always know that it was the fashion that you wanted to do? Or was it? No. Because you, you said you, you, you had a straight line, right? But yeah. sometimes you're going in the line, but you don't recognize that. Oh, man. And it's funny. It's like the, I remember uh, a friend of mine in high school. Like, I, I had it all sort of mapped out in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to do this at this age. I'm going to do that at age. I'm going to have a kid. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a house. I'm you don't have usually hear men say that, though. That's oh, interesting. Well, you know, it had to be for me. Because, I mean, I just think, it. so in my world, so in, I guess I say my world, in my family more so, my, like, super circle, um, you know, you have sort of the gauntlet of, like, industries and, like, you know, what they do. And the, the sort of commonality is... Um, I never understood that so many of the men in my family were entrepreneurs. Like, I just knew that they either wore a uniform or they didn't. And that's kind of how I looked at it. Whether they worked in, like, government or law enforcement or military, whatever they did, they wore a uniform or they didn't. And the ones that didn't wear a uniform, you know, later on I sort of processed, oh, wow, they were, like, working for themselves the whole time. And so for me, I sort of had it mapped out because I was like, okay, I knew sort of the story of my parents and, like, my sort of, like, nuclear family, so to speak. And I was thinking, okay, well, you know, you observe everything and you see the good and the bad. And so for me, I was like, well, if I can kind of control it a little bit, maybe I can kind of dictate where I want to go. And so I was like, okay, well, all the successful people I see have, like, healthy, like, family things. So they have, like, a cool wife and they have a cool house. And that, okay, well, I guess you kind of need that to be successful. All right, so I'll get that. You know, I get this. And not even really knowing what those things are stacking into this pyramid, so to speak. And so uh, I also, you know, had the privilege of going to, like, um, I would say probably the best school in the area, which is schools I was. And uh, <laughs> oh, we can't get no class for that, Jack. What's up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey. So we have a real small alumni base. And, uh, you know, everyone that goes to the walls is there for, like, a very special talent or, like, some type of, like, gift, so to speak. And so you got to be, like, aggressive and know where you want to go. And so I just tried to, like, think, okay, I want to do these things. So I say all these things to say that fashion, anything entertainment-related, is nothing what I wanted to do with. I actually wanted to be um, an environmental lobbyist. And I sort of figured that out at, like, 16. I was like, oh, that's tight. Ooh, I can go to school for science, and I get a law degree, and I can do these things. And, man, I got the jersey, and, ooh, things were a little different, you know? And I, I'm waking up for class, and class is at, like, 8.30, and I'm just getting in the house at 5, and I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe I should think about something different, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it also, you know, go back to that Southwest thing. Um, in my major at the school that I was attending, um, I would look up in these classes, and I'm the only black guy. And sometimes I'm the only guy in, like, it's a marine bio program. So it's like, I'm, nobody looks like me at all. So I'm like, damn, here we go displaced again. You know what I mean? Here we go, the only one again, you know? And so it was just like a reoccurring thing. I wonder how much, how many people have that experience and kind of like get held back. That's not necessarily a question from you. But like us, you know, I I think about, I listen to Combat Jack. I've mentioned him a couple times on the show. But he talked about being at Georgetown University and being the only person of color there a lot, like in law school. How many people fold because they see no one else that looks like them? Yeah. I mean, and that's like the, the, um, that's the benefit of D.C. And I didn't get that until I was away from D.C. Because um, I think, like, Odyssey said it in, like, a complex, like, film some years ago. It's like, D.C., you can walk around and you can see, 
your bus driver, your teacher, your you can see someone looks like you in every single walk of life in one shot. And then when you're away from DC for a while, you start looking around like, damn, that's not normal. We don't <laughs> have know, real like, jobs in other places. Yeah, there's no like middle, upper, lower. Those like that sort of complexity doesn't really exist in a lot of places geographically, um, outside of this area. So it makes it really unique. I'm curious, um, and this might seem like a silly question, but you said you want you went to school, I think, for marine biology. Mm-hmm. Right now, do you <laughs> consider yourself a success or failure? What what you learn? I think if you asked me at like 17, mm-hmm. was I successful? I would say no. I think if you asked me at like 25. Where things going right, I'd be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> um, and, you know, but if you ask me from like, you know, two years ago, I'll say, yeah. Because, I mean, I wake up every day and I think success for me is defined differently. Like, I wake up every day and I like more or less work on a project that means something to me. And my quality of life is like really good. Like, it's not, there's nothing in my life that's like compromised in quality, so to speak. You're very direct with your time and how you spend it. Very direct, yeah. If, if you're just joining us, you listen to Window Seat. We have Dominic Adams here. He's a founder of Somewhere in Southwest uh, DC Retail Experience um, Coffee Shop as well. Given the <clears throat> history, as we talked about in DC, and like the local brands and um, people uh, supporting those brands, and it just being closed essentially, mm-hmm. um, w- were you a little nervous about bringing? Um, fashion a culture a fashion culture to dc that um essentially you you one were one of the first people to do it right to bring cultures from new york and japan and la yeah so i mean i i've I've always been that like sort of strange kid so to speak um i'm the oddball like growing up i was like the youngest um of like all of my cousins and stuff like that um, so I was always around older people. So although I'm not the only child, for a lot of my life I was raised like the only child. So it's like, yeah, it's scary. Because, again, like where kids were in my my peer group, they were into, like I said, the We Are One, Madness, and things like that. I was trying to get that mecha jacket. Or like where I sort of had a commonality with them was like polo, like my love for like polo. So um, it's really scary because sometimes, you know, you get on the train and like I grew up as like a latchkey kid getting on the green line, red line in the blue. And I would sit there. If you got on the wrong thing that doesn't fit in, somebody will look at you like you got four heads literally mm-hmm. and be like, oh, what's up with this dude? I see no. Oh, he, he got on yellow shoes. Like, we, we wear black boots around here. And it's like, all right, man, you know, so where you from? Yeah. Where you from? Oh, what size are those? It's like my size. It's time to get off this stop. This ain't my stop. Where we at? So. You know, like, you kind of figure that out quick. But, yeah, very scary. I mean, still to this day, really scary. Like, when, when I started going to, like, Paris and, like, Tokyo and New York, and I started going to these finer showrooms and things, it was like, I'm not a feminine dude. I'm not a small guy. I don't look like I'm supposed to be there. And now in the last four years, it's become a little normal for people that are like me to be there. But, man, seven years ago, that was not tight at all. You know, it just wasn't. And so, like, it's, it still gives me to this day because I'm able, I'm blessed to be able to travel and interact with people all over the world. But sometimes it's like, am I, like, adopting these things too early? Or is this really, like, a, um, a reflection of, like, you know, me just, like, sort of seeing it before it hits, so to speak? I want to piggyback off that question because I look at the brands you carry, hmm. and I think they're for a specific person, right? 
I think where, correct me if I'm wrong, fashion right now for a lot of us, we kind of wear things that validate us in a way. Mm -hmm. um, meaning like you have to see the logo. When I think about uh, Virgil, um, and I thought that was really bold what he put out because it felt like really, at Louis Vuitton, he could have put logos all over the stuff and Louis does carry the logo, but it was more subtle in its approach. Yeah. And I feel like it's for genuine rich people at that <laughs> True. place because I'm not wearing the logo to validate me where you can see it. Right. Um, you take bold chances like that because everything in there isn't cheap. Yeah. It's quality. Yeah. How do you grapple that? Um, so we almost have to like stomach. Um, we almost have to stomach like it might like not be like you said for everyone per se. Uh, but if you give us a chance, it's almost like the Apple store, like what Apple did for like retail, right? So before I remember retail being like really scary when I was a kid and like going to Cop USA and like, damn, I don't know anything about computers who I'm going to talk to. And then Apple opened and it's like, hey, come in. You have a question? You want to try it out? Mm -hmm. And so what we sort of think about is how does this story play into this grander sort of vision? And so what we try to do is we try to have a genuine conversation on why each piece is there. And so some people use that term like curated. Some people use that term like carefully selected. I just like, man, I think this is like really dope and it's important that you know what it is. Um, and so we, we grapple with that all the time because we could go a different route. We could definitely go logo and go drip, you know, but we try to go, what is the reflection of the international fashion scene like right now? Do you, would another route be easier for, is it a Do, business decision or is it a passion project? Um, I think it's a, I'm not going to say, like, you know, it's, it's not uh, a passion, but I think it, it's, it's a beautiful mix of passion and business. Um, and like I said, a different route would be more logo-driven things, more brands that were, like, more above ground. But then I would start to look like the other, like, four main boutiques in the city. Like, I don't want that. Like, I think we're missing some things, so. Since you said that, I'm going to say this. <laughs> um, I like the experience of your store. Thank you. You don't get that with everyone. And I, and I genuinely mean that. So, like, um, Major, to me, has a, has a good experience. I'm not going to mention anybody that I feel like has a bad experience. But there's another right. black-owned store that I walk into sometimes, and I don't... It's almost yeah. like you're, you're too cool for me to be here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of stores can do that. Um, but, you know, I, I had a good... Uh, a good person I once like worked under tell me this once. It's like, dude, we, we work in luxury, we're not. And so the moment you forget to show customers the reason why you're there, whoa, you know. And I guess for me, it's always that fear of we're doing something so different that if we don't do it right, well, hell, we messed this up. We might not can do this next week. You know, if we don't make enough money to do these things, if we don't pick the right brands, if we give a bad experience, we legitimately might be out of business. And so for me, you know, if, if these things go under, what am I going to do? My whole, like, last 15 years has been built around this thing, right? So if I screw this up, well, you know, where, where can I go? Like, I, I remember one time I, I went to the unemployment office, and a woman looked at my resume, and she said, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> legit. You know, she's like, you know, these brands, you name it, I don't know where they are, and you're saying you went to this, and you, I don't know what any of this stuff is. I don't even know who to, who to connect you with. So if I don't do it right, I can't do it no more. So 
I appreciate Chris uh, today for this interview because he's clearly familiar with you and the and the different uh, stores and stuff in in DC and thank you sir and fashion and all of that and uh-huh. I'm not I'm not I remember uh, about a year ago we interviewed Jay Cousteau and yeah. he mentioned that store he mentioned Maketo mm-hmm. and I was like what's Maketo and it was an audible <laughs> silence. And Jack was like, you don't know what Maketo is? Like, he couldn't believe it. And for me, it's like, I don't. And when yeah. Chris mentioned you and he was like major and all this other stuff, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Who. That's an honest thing. Man. Yeah. So how, how for but some. You, you've always been an adult. You had kids early. Yeah, I had kids young. I, I, I had so I wasn't, money to, to yeah, blow away. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. I would, yeah, no. I would walk past Maketo. Like, yeah. I don't know what. I'm going to pay less and <laughs> I think Target. It's, it's like the first time my wife went into Dover Street Market. She's like, what is this place? And I said, oh, Lord. I said, I don't know if this is who I want to marry. You know, but then it was like, you know, we went in and then, you know, it was just like she was able to absorb the experience from floor to floor to floor. And I had a friend there that was, um, you know, sort of took us on a tour and she took that extra time and care because she's like, this is important to you. Okay, cool. And she like digested it all. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I understand it. Yeah, it brings me back to reality. And that's why, like, if you if you see most of like the people I eat like dinner with, mm-hmm. have nothing to do with this industry. And that's for that perspective. It's like, I can be so excited as much as I want about a jacket that has, like, I don't know, some type of solar fabric and has sound waves that fuse it together and doesn't use stitching. And you're like, bro, I just need a jacket that's not going to get me cold or wet. I don't care what you're doing, right. you know. And that's the reality of it, you know. So I think that's dope that you don't know what some of these brands are and all that because that's who I want to sit next to at dinner. I don't want to sit next to another me. I see me every day. But when I walk in your shop, and I'm like, what's this? What's that? What's this? Are you like, uh, I got somebody over here that no, you don't never. have, that, you don't get that feeling. I, I, and I, I genuinely because I've never sometimes that I, I mean, I have been in a, a few stores, and yeah. I do get that feeling. Like right. somebody woke up to me and they start talking to me, and I think right. it's it's um, noticeable right. in the first in the first few minutes of the conversation that I'm not familiar with any of this, and they kind of and that's that's what we did slide away. Like, all right, yeah. well, I mean, we could have did this so much easier. Yeah. And I think for me, what was important was putting the shop. Um, and I sort of talk about the block that the shop was on and why it was important to us. And, like, I feel like a lot of people in the neighborhood miss why it's where it is. Mm-hmm. But the biggest piece was we're near Metro. So anyone in the area that can get to a bus or a subway can get to us. Because I know what that felt like for me, you know. And it was always like, how do we put something on Front Street? Like, I don't want something where you got to go down the alley and you got to run the stairs. And you got to go, you got to find a secret door to open it and get, like, no, man, like, if I'm into this, I want this to be, I want you to come in one day and see, like, the most obscure brand ever, ever, and you say, oh, I connected that. That, then I know I did my job. Like, if, you know, if you look at it all and you say, okay, I don't see the value in it, then, again, it's my job to show you why I think it's important. But I also have to be, like, humble enough to say that, okay, maybe you just don't care. But that's the challenge. That's the beauty of it. Because if we're all, like, fanboys of everything, it's like, what am I really accomplishing? I'm in a city that already has opinions about things, and that's we fight for every day. Like we're we're in a, a city where the government is, man. Like it's like we have to like fight for that ability to have a choice in what we're trying to do. I have, I have two questions. I'm I'm curious about what your job is to you mm-hmm. um, for a couple of reasons because there's an event there fairly regularly. Like I. You know, Instagram updated their algorithm, algorithm, so you miss a lot of stuff. But I saw you had um, 
you you who's the guy from Chicago? Oh, Joe Freshgoods. You yep. did Joe Freshgoods, and then um, it was a event there yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Trap Bob, uh, local artist. Well, she lives in the area. I don't want to call her a local artist because I think she's a global artist that just happens to live here. Uh, she did a uh, um, she redesigned the PBR camp, the Passport Urban Camp. So are you putting on events? You cutting checks? You <laughs> making sure the coffee's right? You <laughs> picking these brands? What is your job? Um. My job is like I look at my job like the facilitator, you know, like it's like um, and, you know, if you ever notice a lot of times when I talk about this project, like I'm very conscious of using the word we. Um, I've been in projects before where like you forget that there's a we like you can't build a, I mean, you can build a car by yourself and it take you three years, you know, but if you got a good team. I mean, hell, you can take 20 people and build a car in three hours if you work hard, you know, so. It's one of those things where my job is to make sure everyone has what they need, but also to make sure everyone has a good experience, whether it's internal or external. That's how I look at it. So whether you're a customer or you work there or you work with us, um, and that's why we always tell our employees we work together. You don't work for me. Like, I work for somewhere. You know, like, whoever's, you know, running the trash works for somewhere. They don't work for Dominic. No, it doesn't work that way. You chose Southwest. Mm-hmm. Did you intentionally choose Southwest? Oh, very much so. Very you, much so. You intentionally cho- So I wanted to, so rewind a little bit. I wanted to do something in, uh, in Southwest proper, but. What's, the, what's South? Can you explain to people what Southwest is? So DC set up into these quads, right? And so before, historically, what is it, like Arlington, where Arlington Cemetery is? Before that got sort of reabsorbed into Virginia, that was part of D.C. So, historically speaking, when D.C. was, like, built and, like, made a federal enclave because it's not a state, that's a whole nother story. Uh, Google it, people. But um, <laughs> the capital, you know, there's a there's a little cylinder in the middle of the capital. So the idea was you can stand in the middle of the city where all the decisions are being made in the most important building in the world um, and be in the middle of the city. So it's a quadrant. But it's a quadrant of the city that's been disrupted because it's split by a river. And so there's a part of Southwest that's east of the river and there's part of the Southwest that's like west of the river. So from so the Southwest I speak about a lot is think the wharf, think like arena stage, think like a blind wino, that like area. That's like traditional Southwest. The area that I'm on, so I sit right on the border of First Street. So it's the first street in Southeast technically, but I can see Southwest every day. And so that's dope to me. And then to have something in this caliber with a southeast address is even doper than me. Because it's like when people come to D.C., like, southeast is like the boogeyman, right? And you're like, you know the Library of Congress is in southeast, right? Oh, oh, you're right, you're right. It's like, yes. <laughs> what else is there? The Shakespeare Library. You know, so you start and then people go, oh, okay. So it was important. It was really important. What? Go ahead. No, no, no. I, you, you know why I asked the question. I, I feel like you know why I... I and it was mentioned in this article, so I don't want to keep repeating everything, but uh-huh. everything cool, I hate to take a shot at D.C., feels like it's in Northwest. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's convenient for uh, certain types of folks. I mean, I, I'll see it. I mean, it's no problem. Thank I mean, you. before, we didn't have a, you know, we didn't have proper hotels in Northeast or, like, proper hotels in, like, Southeast ever. You know, you didn't see that. Now you're seeing all these things. Uh, but, yeah, like, something that's, like, in south of like the capital has always been treated a little bit like 
it's okay, but it's in Southwest. It's okay, but it's in Southeast. And it's like, well, why is that? You know, like, what, what, what makes that, that thing? And for me, it's like, man, you know, my family's been there forever. It's like, so it's, if it's great for my family, it's amazing to me. So, What's next? Like, I know <laughs> somewhere uh, yeah. is relative. When did you open? Like, when was your grand open? So we, we opened publicly in August uh, of this year. So not too long ago, like three and a half months ago. Uh, what's next is it's all about scale. And so when we built this brand and we built this space, we thought about the digital side of it as well. And so there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of talk about uh, some other concepts that we want to get down. Uh, but this one in particular uh, definitely has an appeal to like sort of a global reach. Um, so it's almost like this global thing with like a DC guys like hat and like glasses on it you know so um i say that to say i'm not sure (laughs) like we have some ideas but you know these ideas require money resources time and so the next thing is uh really getting the brand mix and experience down pat because now we have a hundred days of like data and so now we we were going to pivot um and we're bringing in some like really aggressive progressive like brands and so you'll see the space change really drastically in the next like four weeks so it's a scary moment for no, us no, that means it's a scale for i mean a sale for me that's what <laughs> it's a coming yeah so we bring in a lot of uh a lot of brands that don't touch dc too often i'm curious about the fruits of your labor right outside mm-hmm. of cash mm-hmm. your career has put you in certain places you talked about being in paris um in japan mm-hmm. what gifts has your work given you um it's given me the ability to see differences, to see the value in difference. Um, I used to always look at my personal life if something wasn't the way I thought about it, and be like, man, what's wrong with this? Or like, why is this not like this? And now I just see like the true beauty in that. Um, but I also see the beauty in um, sort of reaching back a bit. Um, so like our staff, the average age is about like 22, 23. And they all have these other like, extremely bright talents and like lights in them you know like their light hasn't been dimmed and so um it's fantastic to be a little older now and experienced and to say hey man like how can i help you get here you know and i think that's one of the things i appreciate about you it was like always like hey what how can i help you know and it's like that to me that's everything and so that's been the gift in all of this because none of it happens like i don't walk into Kona Gosson, I don't walk into Rick Owens and like they say, okay, you can sit down. I was like, whoa, me? I can't? Okay. Hmm. What happens here? You know, so it's like being really appreciative of that and understanding how to give that back has been the biggest gift. I can say for me, I've told my friends this too, your brother, um, you're the answer if there is one, right? So like I... Being black, I don't know if white people know this, but like, I feel like I get DM'd every time someone is shot by a police. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like that's not funny. I'm not laughing at that. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, that's, that it's like it's like real sad. Yeah, and I mentioned this before. So like for me, going into um, a black-owned space that's not that hasn't compromised with how they treat their customers. Yeah, right, and. It, and for whatever reason, I 
I don't know what's going on in the back end. The bank might give you a bad type of loan as a black, <laughs> a black business owner. I, I don't know. Right. But I know that I have one experience where I can't tell who the owner is. And right. then sometimes there's a black owned business and I can tell that it's black owned. True. If I didn't know you, I wouldn't know who the owner is of your store. Right. Right. So it feels like that's the answer for me. Like, don't yeah. send me the next killing. Send me where I can put my dollars yeah. in. And I mean, it's all about quality. You know what I mean? Like I, um, <laughs> my wife is gonna hate this, but when we go to certain places, like uh, her family's like from North Carolina, right? And so when we go certain places, and it's very obvious, like you know, hey, you're sitting here and you're kind of like, you know, of this like privilege, so to speak, and you know, you're demanding this level of service without compromising. It's almost shocking for some. Mm-hmm. And for me, again, I grew up in D.C., you know, so I'm a little spoiled in some ways. But I just don't. I mean, I don't know if I can curse here, but I don't play that shit. Like, right. period. Like, it's like, hey, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I have a certain experience and that's what I look for. So I think sometimes that um, in some of the other like businesses that I see sometimes, I feel like you can't get a gold star just for like showing up, you know. And my mom has like three boys and, you know. It's kind of like she doesn't hang up participation uh, certificates. She'll say good job for participating, but she's like, no, man, you go get give me a blue, a red, or a yellow ribbon. That's it. Like, it ain't no difference there. So for her, she's like, Yo, you go to win. That's what we do. She's like, whatever you're doing, whether you washing windows or, like, making clothes or whatever you do, be the best at it. And so I say those things to say that I think sometimes we accept things that aren't great because maybe we don't know what great is. And so it's real easy to see steps one and two and see steps nine and 10. But if somebody doesn't tell you three, four, five, six, seven, how would you know? I can tell you what's heartbreaking to me. I feel like um, a lot of us, our spirit, like if you pay attention to the words we use and how we talk, I feel like we're broke, not like broken people. Mm Mm-hmm broke like we don't have money so it's like it's a cash grab as opposed to what do you really want to do with yourself yeah i'm gonna take the first opportunity period um right yeah i mean what's the reason why like you know people get money and then they leave the neighborhood you know what i mean it's like you can't be in the neighborhood it's like you can't be in the neighborhood i mean you don't have to be empty hammer right you don't have to have like six kitchens and like (laughs) 200 people working for you. You don't have to do that. Right. You know, but you can, like, live in your neighborhood and, like, live it best. And I don't know, again, I'm not going to lie and say I'm so blessed and I'm so fortunate to be in D.C. Because the city, for every negative thing you can say about the city, you can say so many positive. The city, there's a program. There's something that's free. The, the libraries are amazing. Look at how the libraries look here. That's in, That's, like, so amazing. Even... You guys, when you guys open a podcast, you know, it's it's sponsored by a community program. You know, that's amazing. You know, you don't get that everywhere. So it's like, you know, when people say, I remember I saw a sign outside of a business one time. It said, clothes due to gentrification. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I will never forget that. I, I, I don't want and hung it on my I wall. Don't, I don't want to name the business, but it was a business I passed by all the time going to the house. And it said, we're closing due to gentrification. And I'll never forget, I said to somebody, and it was a controversial what I said, I said, how are you close to the gentrification? If you've been in this location for 37 years and you never asked the owner of the building how to buy the building, 
Is that really the owner's fault for getting that top oh, dollar? There you go. Or is that yours? I don't know. And I'm not saying they right or wrong. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is for me, I personally would be okay in like 30 years trying to figure out how to not have a landlord. I would think that. But I've also been exposed to people that don't have landlords. So if I never be if I never saw somebody look like me be a landlord, how would I know? I can tell you what bugs me out about gentrification is not um getting our ass kicked. I'm okay with us getting our ass kicked. Yeah. I'm okay with us getting our ass kicked until we decide to take a lesson from it. So I, I feel right. like that's kinda of what you're saying. You gotta wanna grow and you see what's going on. Yeah. I think what bugs me out is sometimes I pass people in my building <laughs> and Everybody in my building is high every single time I see them. <laughs> you escape. Or somebody, you know, like I know in my building, sometimes I get to look like, how are you here too? Yeah, it's, that's, <laughs> you know the, that's I, the part that bugs me out. I, I don't know why. I look too, like, how are you here? It's like, huh? Like, what, what you mean? Like, how am I here? Like, I've been living here longer than you. <laughs> it's kind of wild. You know? So, I don't want to get too far off track. We're kind of close up on our time. I do have, um, a question. I'm curious uh, if you could go back and talk to yourself in the fifth grade. Uh-huh. What advice would you give? Ooh, have patience. <laughs> Be okay with something not going your way. <laughs> you really? Know? I still can't. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Like I can't put together puzzles. What do you mean? So if you give me a puzzle. <laughs> It might be a nuclear meltdown in here. If you give me a puzzle <laughs> with anything more than like 50 pieces, oh, it's on. <laughs> like, if you give me like one of those thousand piece puzzles in here tonight, nobody's coming in this room <laughs> until that puzzle's done. And that puzzle might not be done until Sunday. But I can't stop myself. And so, in fifth grade, yeah, that was probably a problem. Puzzles <laughs> or just not being able? Just not being able to, to finish nothing. Like, I can't start a book. That's the reason why I stopped reading books is because, like, I can't stop in the middle of a book. Can't stop myself. Like podcasts. Like first time I heard you guys' podcast, I had to listen to all of them. I couldn't of stop. I have a that's a, lot of, that's a lot of podcasts. Yeah, it's a lot of po- Yeah, oh, it took a lot of time out of my life. Like going and coming. Well, what'd you think? In the no, 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 no. What'd you think? No, no. I, I'm gonna tell you this. He, I, I, he, I, I want to come back and interview the two of y'all. Oh, that's what I want to do. You, you're, you're super supportive. Like, thank you. You made me want to prepare harder for today because of the way it wasn't. If I show you the messages we've sent back and forth, it's it's all encouraging. It's all from an encouraging angle. It's oh, I, I like what y'all are doing. I want to do it with y'all. I'm excited to be on the show. So like, but that's that's genuine, Kurt. I'm not. I'm gonna say this real quick too. Like <laughs> some people in the city are super supportive of everything, mm-hmm. and I personally think that's bullshit. Cause me personally, I don't like everything. And when I don't like something, I really don't like it, like straight up. So it's like what I, but what I like, I really like, like really like. So what do you? Uh, me and Chris talked about in the beginning of the show what we mm-hmm. were consuming. Yeah. What are you consuming right now? Ooh, um, I'm on this like audio book wave right now. Me too. Uh, what's the book I'm doing right now? The E Myth, right? And so uh, it's it's like a business book. They really glorify like the McDonald's story. Ironically, they really glorify that. They really glorify um, how to scale a business from like day one. It's all about like when you start a business, thinking about how to basically make the business function without needing you. So it's all about scalability. Um, yeah. So I'm just now like getting into that. And then the other thing, guilty admission. Uh oh. 
Uh, here come the, you ready for the tissues? This is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to admit this because I like you guys. All right. Yo, out of nowhere, like two weeks ago, I really started to like Snow Allegra. <laughs> so I've been like listening to Snow. You didn't catch the show? Snow. Wasn't she just here? Well, uh, I met, uh, what's the what? guy? Giveon, the uh, opening act. I met him and he has a really unique voice. And so I said, what are you doing this evening? I was completely blind. I didn't even know who he was. I was like, oh man, I heard a song. I said, I like him. So... Modi brought him by and said, yo, meet this guy, give you on. You heard that song, right? You like it? I said, yeah, dude. He said, where are you performing? I said, well, I'm over for Snow Allegra. I said, who the hell is Snow Allegra? So then <laughs> I listened to like two songs from Snow Allegra and I said, oh, okay, she got a catalog. And so then like, you know, 90 songs into it, like I'm still listening to it. I said, oh, this is, this is not good. So, yeah. Well, you just brought a new question for me. So I got two more uh-huh. now. Well, man, we got yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Jack will um, get us in trouble. Uh oh. <laughs> what is Modi doing now? The reason I ask that question is because mm-hmm. I see that I see the promotion for a community that supports um, minority-based tech companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not here. But I feel like y'all are close enough that you might be able to mention his company. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's a. Uh, from what I understand, you know, speaking from like a very distant place, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a, like almost a support system and like formal network. Okay. Of people like of like you know in tech and of a certain um, network, so to speak, and so I think it's like a professional, a professionally associate run network of people. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna I love Modi. He's my guy. We're gonna we're gonna put that in the details of the show. If you want to check that out, we're gonna put somewhere in the details of the show Appreciate as well. It. Yeah, and what's the address? Wait, said- I got one more. I promise you, I'm done. This is the, this is the flip side of the question I had just a moment ago. Okay. Um, if you can give, you know, the fifth grade version of yourself. Um, advice if uh-huh. you could give if the 70 year old version of yourself right now was yeah. speaking to you what advice do you think he'd give you with where you with where you're going don't let anything stop your like passion and determination i think as we get older sometimes we develop like fears of things and we we uh when you're young you do anything you run through a wall if somebody lets you you know you you'll jump off you climb on top of something and jump off of it and dive and you'll try you try bungee jumping you know when you're like 12 you, you'll go bungee jumping when you're like 42 you're like Man, i don't know if i want to do that so it's like never lose that spirit that's what i would tell myself now okay that's, that's it for me i'm, I'm sorry i might sound no. a little wild but you know <laughs> yeah, i'd be a little crazy do what i do so so can you shout out your shop, your, your shop where it's at? Yes. How they can? Are you online? Do you have a website where they we can? We are. Work? So unfortunately, you know, I don't have a million dollars, so I can't buy somewhere.com. Uh, but if you look up somewhereofficial.com, uh, we use Instagram for our like preferred method of communication. So on Instagram, it's at somewhere.official. So the shop is not called somewhere official. It's not called somewhere.official. It's called somewhere. But because of digital asset reasons on Instagram, it's somewhere.official. And that's like the way you'll see all the events and kind of like all the stuff we do in the store. Uh, it's at, what's that, 1239 First Street, uh, Southeast. Uh, our roof literally looks into the outfield of Nationals Park. Wow. Yeah. Pool parties like, this summer, maybe. Yeah, that's that. I got money location. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's not cheap. Um, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, check out the Line Hotel. Um, Jack, thank you for this beautiful space we get to record this podcast at. Um, Mr. France, you got anything as we close out? Uh, shout out my son, man. He's in basic training right now for um, for the Air Force. So he's yeah, he like scared the shit out week, of you when he, he called did, it. He did. He's oh, like wow. a week. He's like a week and change in. 
So uh, I might not hear from him for another couple of weeks, man, but he's on my mind. So I, Salute I, to him, I, man. I, thank you. He you called mean? and said, Dad, I'm not dead, and hung up the phone or Basically, something like that. <laughs> Breathing hard. It's like, I made it. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, oh, man. But um, I know he's all right. So That is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to hear this show or any other shows, you can find us at windowseat.fullserviceradio.org. Or you can listen to us on any platform that you hear podcasts. Just search Window Seat. And uh, if anyone hasn't told you, we love you. Yeah.